0: Hello and welcome to my podcast sponsored by Lono Coffee. Visit LonoCoffee.com, use promo code COFFEE2020 for a discount. Think holiday shopping, folks. Today, yet another crushing loss for Washington. I talked to the Team 980's Kevin Sheehan about the loss, what we saw from Alex Smith, what's going on with the defense. Are there signs of progress overall? We'll chat. And I also share my observations from the quarterback, To Chase Young and more, something that stood out about Young behind the scenes. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com, and you can follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin Sheehan DC. Listen to him on the Team 980 in the morning, and he has a podcast, The Kevin Sheehan Show. Before I get to my conversation with Kevin, here are a few of my observations. And I'll start with Chase Young since a lot will move toward Alex Smith, both with myself and Kevin. But I want to start with Young because I don't think that he had an overall great game. I've seen him play better. I don't think he was applying a ton of pressure. I do think he'll be a damn good player still, and it's because of what you see in here behind the scenes. And that was evident just by him coming on the Zoom session after the game. He had a crucial and killer mistake on Detroit's last drive, giving the Lions a free 15 yards on an incomplete pass. You can say it wasn't a great call by officials. Well, what I know is that you can't give the officials the opportunity to make that call, and he did have time to stop. Wasn't an egregious shove, but it happened, and he had time. He knows it too, but what I like is how he handled it after the game. He asked the PR staff to go on the Zoom call and talk to reporters about it because he wanted to own the call and the play. In the Zoom era, it's far easier for guys to duck the media after the game. Quarterbacks have to talk. But others can hide. It's hard for the PR staff to sometimes get guys to the podium on Zoom. When it's when you're in a locker room, it's harder to do that because we're there. Most of the time, you're in the room before those guys have a chance to get out. Once in a while, a guy slips out. But, but not in this case. I'm guessing it would have been there. In the Zoom era, again, they... They don't have to do it because it's, you know, it's just, that's just how it's been. So give Young, or they, excuse me, they don't, it's not so much they don't have to do it, they can duck it easier. So give Young credit for how he handled it. It speaks to his maturity and his accountability. He's still learning as a pass rusher and his adjustments have been a little bit tougher in that area than I anticipated. But I don't doubt for a second that he's going to ascend. And his mature approach is a big reason why. It's also true that not one play decided that game. Dustin Hopkins keeps missing field goals at factor in games. That's now two games this season where his miss was devastating. The first Giants game and today. He's missed four kicks this season. The other one was against in the win over the Eagles and then in the loss to the Ravens. Hopkins missed practice all week with a groin issue, but I was told he looked good Saturday. Even made two kicks from 50 yards. But the, four, four, the missed 43-yarder was a killer and I'm sure for some of you, too predictable. Today's miss certainly cost them a shot at overtime. Maybe Washington handles its last drive, the game-time drive, differently if the game had already been tied, so who knows how it would have played out. They had to be aggressive, and they were. I'm guessing they still would have been, but man, those misses are killers. Just as devastating, having a great drive on the first series and losing 10 yards on a second-and-two reverse. They felt the end had been crashing hard throughout that series, and they felt he was ripe for a reverse. Turns out they were wrong. I will say when he when he took off a of field, they, first of all, they, when he took off a of field and went straight up field, they couldn't account for him with the blocking. Cornelius Lucas was on that side, but he's going inside to wall it off. And if the if the end goes inside, they did have a wall there for J.D. McKissick. Certainly would have gained a first down, and maybe maybe more, and certainly more than that had the end played it the way they thought he was going to play. During the game, I kind of felt like you, they didn't necessarily have to do that. But I know the Turner mindset, going back to his dad, Norv, and Scott Turner, when you feel like you have momentum, that's when you can run those plays. And again, if they were seeing and this is something I want to go back and watch to see how much the end was crashing, because that's why they, that's why they would have done that. And again, that ha- they were wrong because the guy made a nice play. Um, and then on the next play, the sack. By, with Smith, it was took him out of field goal range. That just can't happen, and that took away a chance for points. Terry McLaurin's fumble in, in the end, of, near the end of the first half, was equally devastating. They had 120 left, were at the 33 when McLaurin fumbled the ball. I think it was around the 30. So not only did it take away a chance for points, it led to another chance for the Lions, and they converted with another long field goal. That's nine points minimum, and this team is just not good enough to overcome that sort of gift-giving. But it also speaks to the defense. When they need to stop teams, they simply don't. The offense was dominating the first half, and the defense stunk. Now, I say dominating the time of possession, but it shows you the misnomer of time of possession because all that matters is what are you putting on the scoreboard, and Detroit was converting, and Washington wasn't. So while they were dominating yards, or at least with that, they weren't certainly weren't dominating on the scoreboard. They tried to counter the defense tried to counter Detroit's jumbo package with five D linemen at times, and it still struggled to stop the run in those cases. In it did work in the second half, but not in the first. It's not always just the linebackers either. I saw Young getting pinned inside a couple times, like on Adrian Peterson's 13-yard run around the end, where he kind of hesitated at the line and bounced outside. I saw Jonathan Allen getting moved out of his gap once in a while, and I saw those guys making plays too. I saw the secondary continue to give up big plays. And yeah, the linebackers don't make a lot of plays. I expected far more from the defense this season, in part because of that talent up front. Still a good place to build for this defense for the future, no doubt. We knew the back seven would still suffer some growing pains, or we should have known. Um, And that was my concern going into the season was that back seven. They need some more playmakers out there, and that's what I think that Young needs to start giving them as a pass rusher because he's got to be the guy who is the playmaker. And again, I still think he will get there. And for those looking at San Francisco, that was a model for what Washington was going to try and follow defensively. Two years ago, they had the 27th-ranked defense. A year later, they were one of the best. Rebuilds are always ugly along the way. I think what they again what they have to show though is growth in the second half of the season. I think for fans, for them, for Chase Young, what I think what it would be good to see is for him to start making some plays in the past game. We've seen the double teams, we've seen sometimes triple teams. There have been a lot of times where they're giving him a lot of attention. So yeah, others have to do it, but it would be good to see him beat a guy off the edge because of the way he's playing. Sub too often, he's too square into the into the offensive the the blocker. And I I think I've told you that before. That's an issue. He's got to be able to cut down that blocker in half. And he hasn't been doing that enough. When he starts doing that, I think he'll make more plays. But if he makes some plays in the second half of the year, I think that will be a good sign going forward. But again, I think he's going to be really good anyway. Now, before I play my conversation with Kevin, let's talk about Alex Smith. I want to begin with something Ron Revere talked about after the game, and that's how Smith's play is helping the young guys develop. I absolutely agree. Do not take that as a shot at Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is not at the point where he can help those young guys develop. And that's not because of him. It's because of where he's at in his own progress. It's, it's hard to ask a young guy to help other young guys develop. I think it'd be the same thing with Kyle Allen. I mean, they, they've only seen so much in the NFL. No, that's not about them. This is a nod towards someone who has, been, who has seen everything the NFL has to offer in Smith. It's just the contrast in experience And wisdom that Smith has. It gives Smith a calm presence, something the team missed after he got hurt in 2018. But it also leads him to talking to the receivers on the bench about what he's seeing and what they can do. He knows the playbook so well, he can tell Isaiah Wright, as he did Sunday, what the play is, and it allows Wright to play faster if there's any confusion on his part. He goes through his progressions the right way, and that's something that wasn't being done earlier in the year and that lets guys know if they get open they're going to get the, the, the ball. He he handles the protection calls, he the emotions calls. All those help these guys. Let's not make Smith into Tom Brady, but he does help this team, but he does help this team develop and he has played well the last two games for what we've seen of him in the past. For those who just want Haskins in there, when he's playing, he really again, he's only helping himself develop. Not a shot, just reality because he's so young. Haskins is trying to figure it out himself. Smith already figured it out, and he can share that knowledge. When they have other young players having a calm voice like Smith, that certainly helps. And this gives the coaches a better idea of what some of these players can do. Look at Cam Sims. Four catches for 54 yards, and now he has seven catches for 164 yards in his last two games. He's ascending in part because of the quarterback play. You might be wondering, well, why didn't they put Smith in there in the first time? It's a good question. But I also, think, I also don't think they were fully ready to trust Smith yet. Again, this is, they wanted to put him on IR to start the season. Smith kind of had to lobby hard for him to be on the roster. And then they had no choice because of injuries, and now this is the benefit that they're seeing. I don't know that they even expected it to go the way it has as far as the yards that they're gaining. I will say the offense looks a lot better lately. Their big issue has been self-inflicted wounds as much as anything. And a tip of the cap to tackle Morgan Moses for switching to the left side during the game for Cornelius Lucas and David Sharp for going and handling the right side. Um, That was a tough situation and they handled it well. I'll also say I've been wrong every step of the way with Smith and I'm happy to say that. A lot of my knowledge or my thought process came from what people in the organization felt about his ability to come back or even make the team or then even contribute. I thought he'd go on IR. He almost did. I didn't think he'd play because I felt it would be Haskins and Allen all year. And I certainly didn't think he'd play as well as he has. He's more comfortable in this offense than he was two years ago. He's taken advantage of what the talent around him has to offer. And he certainly is helping. Finally, this was a devastating loss. Had they not come back to me, it would have marked the worst game of Ron Rivera's first season. This team does fight and that'll be part of the foundation moving forward. Of course, it would also be good to not fall behind by so much against bad teams. That must change. I felt they had to come out of the stretch with a 2-2 two and two record. With games upcoming against the Bengals in Dallas, that remains possible. And I don't say that for NFC East contention purposes, but rather for program growth. They need to start winning these close games, especially against teams that are at the same level. That will show progress not just for the players, but for the fans. And if you want people to be patient, you need to give them a reason why they should be so. That's it from me. After this break, I'll be back with Kevin Sheehan. You've heard me talking about Lone Oak Coffee for a couple months now. Let me tell you a little bit about who they are and what they're about. Lone Oak Coffee is based in the Shenandoah Valley, just a nice bunch of people who are open for business during this trying time. Just look at their website, loneoakcoffee.com, and what do they highlight? Their core values of quality, family, transparency. They work with co-op farmers from all over the world to source their beans. They also support small farmers to find the right beans. During this pandemic, one of my saving graces has been grinding my beans from Lone Oak Coffee and taking a few minutes before the day to savor the coffee, get my mind right. Put a little Jazz or Frank Sinatra or Louis Armstrong on in the background, it's even better. I've enjoyed all their blends, but among my favorites, the Ethiopian Guji, love the berry flavor, the Mexican Chiapas, and their house blend. Start your day off right with Lone Oak Coffee. Visit loneoakcoffee.com, that's L-O-N-E oakcoffee.com use promo code coffee 2020 for a discount you can thank me later welcome back now here's my conversation with kevin sheehan well kevin it's kind of an unusual spot for me to be in where i'm asking you the questions i'm so used to going on your show so i appreciate you coming on because i always like talking ball with you but with this game this first of all it was a crushing defeat but I, I want to start with Alex Smith and just get your impressions on what you saw from him Sunday.
1: Uh, John, it was it was a brilliant performance by him. And, and I, it's funny because I was sitting here just an hour ago and I, was, you know, I got onto social media and I'm reading various things and I saw and listened. And I don't get the impression that other people feel the same way, which is fine. I mean, I don't, I don't care if I'm out there on, on my own it was a wow performance. It was brilliant. He, I can't get over it. I'm going to, I'm going to lead my show with obviously the game, but I'm going to lead it with Alex Smith because I was so wrong. I mean, I called for him to be cut (laughs) two weeks ago. Like, and that this is a path to nowhere. And I don't know that I'm changing my mind on that because he is 36 going on 37 years old. But you know what's become very, what's really apparent In the first in this game, start to finish start and last week's second half, is that this is just a much better offense for him than what Jay Gruden was trying to 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 provide to him in 2018. I think you could you could also make the case that maybe the weapons are a little bit better, which is incredible for us to say that. But there was no Terry McLaurin on that team. It was Paul Richardson. You know, they had Josh Doxon on the team, they did have Adrian Peterson. But the two backs here are weapons. McLaurin's a weapon. Cam Sims is turning into a player. The the read, you know, quick, get it out quickly. Have a check down available on almost every play really works for him. I mean, look, he strapped that team to his back down 24-3. In a similar way to what he did last week down 20-3, to they converted 20 uh, 34 first downs 22 of them by throwing the football. He threw the football for 22 first downs in a game. I was blown away impressed. Uh, it's I thought amazing. he put on a clinic, an absolute clinic and had to play that scheme, that offense in the second half. It's a shame he didn't get a chance. You know it's funny that you the, said with the ball
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that 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 became that's where the you know typical outcome kind of came into play. But as far as Alex goes, it's funny that you said that you were wrong because I know going on your show, you would ask me, Is he gonna make the team? Like, I don't think so. They want to put him on IR. Is he gonna do this? I don't think so. Is he gonna do this? I don't think so. And every step of the way, I've been wrong on this. And and I'm I say this, I even said this earlier in my show. I'm happy to say that because it's been fun to watch him what he's doing. Do you think this is as much about him or maybe what this offense can be when it's operated a certain way? I think, we're, I think
1: we're on the verge of seeing similar results with Kyle Allen. I thought he looked really comfortable before he got hurt last week. You know, they have become a prolific third down offense the last four weeks. I don't know where they are percentage-wise. I'd have to do the math. They were 57% going into last week. Last week wasn't great. Today, I think they were over 50% on third down. They converted two fourth downs, one by penalty, which was sort of a gift. Um, but they, um, I think both of those guys, look, what's really obvious, John, is that Rivera and Turner have known Turner for sure. And He knew all along that his offense would look much better with somebody other than Dwayne Hask- Haskins running it. And you know what? He's right. It's looked much better. We can talk about the opponents, not great teams, not, you know, the Giants aren't terrible defensively, but not great teams in Dallas and Detroit defensively. I get that, but they're, 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 um they had 34 first downs in a game today. I mean, 34,
0: they 464 yards. Three,
1: not, yeah, they didn't, they weren't down 24 or three because of anything that Alex Smith, the offense did. I mean, McLaurin had the fumble But Hopkins missed a field goal. For whatever reason, Rivera chose not to kick a field goal on the opening drive indoors from 54 or 55 yards out. Um, They scored on four of the nine drives, and it should have been six of the nine. You know, if Hopkins makes a field goal and McLaurin doesn't fumble. It's been a very productive offensive football team over the last month. I I mean, you're you're fine to tell me and anybody else, well, look at who they're playing. I'll, I'll concede that point. But it, it, it they they had a ch- they've had a chance to win four football games in a row they've only won one of them unfortunately because of their own self-inflicted mistakes but they've had a chance now in four straight games to win games their three losses are by seven points total
0: does this change your perception of what Smith might offer this franchise moving forward and I, it's funny because a week ago I would say there's no you know there's there's no way I mean they, and I also I'm gonna amend that or, or just say that. I still think that they're going to be aggressive looking for another quarterback, maybe in the draft. But does it change your thought on what maybe he could do going forward?
1: I bet it's changing their thought. And I don't know what their thought was to begin with. But if it was more likely than not, we're going to release him. Remember, like you said, I I remember our conversation about whether or not he was going to make the team or not. And Remember, Rivera said, I had this conversation with him. It was on September 1st. You wrote that story about how the conversation about that about that about what they were, were talking about. And Alex right. said, I want to play. I want to be on that roster. And um, I don't think it's the right path to take. I think they've got to find somebody in the draft. Or they could go in free, into free agency and get somebody much better. But with that said what he did today was just what he's done really going back to last week. The Rams game was a disaster, but, you know, it was raining. It was his first appearance. It was off the, you know, coming off the bench. He was obviously nervous. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't go in that direction to answer, answer it. But I'm starting to wonder if they think they can bring Alex and Kyle back, maybe draft somebody, maybe not. You know, there's going to be a guy like Micah Parsons there maybe right. when they draft, you know, a, another big time receiver and Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase, you know, um, they're going to be some guys there that, you know, but they're both, they've only won two games. So they are in the hunt for a very high pick.
0: <laughs> yes, they are. But that's why I Even say. Even though
1: I don't think they stink.
0: Right. And I, 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 don't, I, would I, you know, I'm going to get to the progress in a minute, but I also, that's why I asked if, I wonder if, and this would be a question for them, if that when you see what he's doing, is it more about the possibilities of what they think the offense can do versus what Alex Smith is necessarily showing that what he's done has been really good, but I wonder if it's as much about like, Hey, you get a guy who can run this and this is how it can look like.
1: You know what, John, I was just thinking about, we could be in this off season in that situation that like Jay was in, I know it's only year two of, of run. I'm not running him out of here. It's not about me. It's about, the owner or whomever the ownership might be. But, you know, he may feel the pressure to make a lot of progress with wins and losses next year and drafting a young rookie quarterback and playing that rookie quarterback doesn't get you there until 2022 at the earliest, more likely than not. I mean, you know, I guess we could have, uh, I mean, but Joe Burrow's not winning games, you know, Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert's playing great, but he's not winning games. So, anyway, I don't know what the answer is. I I, I prefer long uh, a longer-term vision, and I don't think Alex Smith fits into that. But we know with this organization, you know, that a lot of what makes sense long-term doesn't always make sense. Well, and
0: I think if, if if they somehow brought him back, and I'm not ready to jump to that point yet because there's still seven more games left here. But if they did bring him back, I still think they're going to draft somebody and get someone ready that they want from the draft, whether it's a second-round pick, first-round pick, whatever. I think they'd find somebody and then and then go from there. Um, have you have you seen the progress you'd hope to see? And we can look at the record, but have you seen the progress you'd hope to see out of this team?
1: First of all, I think it's a really good question because I you and I both know so many people that are like, well they're, they're two and seven. so what do you mean progress? right Like you don't you don't judge uh, this program where it is right now with a brand new coach with you know the, how bad they've been on wins and losses in 2019 in 2020. you you look for hints. you look for glimmers of light. you look for what you just described progress. And I think we've seen it in spots. First of all, they're still competing. You know, they have not thrown in the towel despite the record. I think we've seen talent and playmaking ability that we haven't seen on this roster in a long time. Boy, there's a storm coming through here. I don't we've already, already
0: got, we've rolled through here earlier.
1: Yeah. And, and it and, was um, nasty. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that, you know, we know that they've got talent up front defensively. They, they certainly need more of it at the, in the linebacking core. Terry McLaurin is a star in the making. Um, you know, I think it's always hard with this organization because as my good friend and longtime partner Tom Libero says, everything comes with the Surgeon General's warning when it comes to this organization. <laughs> it's owned by Dan Snyder. Yeah. So, but if if we take that out of it and we're just sort of judging it on what we're looking at, this team's much better than the team last year, but you know it's still not very good. It still has a big question mark at the most important position on the field, and so I don't know. I, I it's hard to it's hard to say. I, I would say that I'm not convinced about anything yet, um, and that's not even taking the owner into consideration. But I do think this team has improved from last year's team, despite the record.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing that Rivera made a point, and I talked about this earlier in my own portion was how Smith helps the younger players develop too. And I think that's something that, so if nothing else, so while there will still be a question at quarterback, I think going forward, maybe they start to learn a little bit more about some of the cam Sims and Isaiah Wrights of the world. And, and as much as anything, cause I, which is a big part, which is a part of their, decision-making progress or process in the off season as well.
1: You know, there is that conversation now, right? Do we just, I mean, do we play Dwayne just to give him one more chance? I mean, is it just, look, most of the players they're playing are young anyway. It's not like you're going to be benching veterans for young players. Almost everybody that's playing is young except for Alex now and Kerrigan. Um, you know what we're gonna get, though. I don't know if you we got it in the post game show because I haven't listened to it yet, or his post game Zoom. Is well, you know what? Look what happened in the division. We're still in it.
0: Well, I think they're at because, the Yeah,
1: because I mean, Philly loses to the Giants, and he might talk about the you know the Giants owning the tiebreaker. But the schedules of these teams remaining are brutal. I mean, I know all it's it's going to be one of those situations if they go and they beat Cincinnati next week, and they probably won't and the giants and the eagles lose you're going to be like okay here we go
0: why not well i think so the, i will say i think they're kind of at the point where it's almost like win a couple games before you start talking about that again no matter where because that he didn't really point. bite on that today which is i'm glad to see because i do think that if you win the next two games then you can start talking about it again or at right. least it can become a topic, not just even for them, but for, for, for me, because I'm not going there until they, until they win a couple of games. Um, Chase, um, let's finish up here on a couple of things. Chase Young. And I know we had the, 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 call, the penalty today. Have you been okay with what you've seen from him?
1: Yeah. You know, I thought today was the worst defensive outing of the year. I yeah. mean, I thought I, I think they they were um, lost in coverage a couple of times I thought the second and 20 blitz that they got burned on the screen. That's an, you know, second and 20, you got to get off the field and you don't get off the field by taking high risks. And they took a high risk there. Um, the play that really angers me is the six second play to play as soft as they did with Prater being the kicker on the other end. Right, Like that was bad coaching there at the end. I mean, you got to know that you're you're up against the guy that owns the NFL record for the longest field goal, and he's kicking indoors. Okay, so you've got to play coverage, and by the way, you've got to get a pass rush, and you know, and you know, and if you and if you decide to drop into zone coverage, you have got to make sure that you're not giving up something easy underneath right. quickly. You know, it's six seconds. That was poor. Um, Look, Chase Young, everybody's game-planning for him. You saw it today. He was getting chipped. He was getting doubled with tight ends involved. But we, we certainly haven't the last two weeks. Uh, I don't think we've seen what we saw early in the season before he missed a game with an injury. Did he miss one game or two? One game. Forget, no. Yeah. So – um you know, he's getting a lot of attention for a rookie 9 games into his rookie. He's season. getting
0: double and triple teams. I thought today was his toughest game as far as like even against the run. I think some of the blocking schemes that they they were able to pin him inside a little bit, but um last thing I got to ask you because I know what you like to do. Did you have any money on the Browns today? No. I did. Okay. I didn't. You saw what happened at the end of that game.
1: Uh wait well Houston got a a backdoor late well, cover.
0: No, well Nick Chubb would have the, the line oh, was went down half. On
1: the 59 yard run. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Right. so I was wondering it's like well I hope you did
1: <laughs> No I didn't I didn't like that game. I am sitting here watching because I've got Arizona laying um laying two against two and a half against Buffalo and they're 26-23 and Buffalo's getting ready to score. It's been a it's been a rough, it's been a rough day all, all the way around. Well wow. it's a very interesting NFL though that we've got going on right now. Oh it, like it's I mean, look at the NFC West, John. At the end of today, I mean, Seattle's getting beat, Arizona's getting beat. Um, the Rams could be in first place. Uh, I mean the 49ers are done. I mean, there's just the Miami won again today. All of a sudden, I mean, what are the Dolphins now? Are they six
0: and six? Six and three.
1: Oh my God. It's crazy. Two,
0: two is three and zero as a starter.
1: What a job Brian Flores is doing.
0: I, I like that, that higher. And I like, but see, I liked what I saw from them last year, even when, when this team went down there and played them the way they played, they should have won that game, but the way they played, despite being a really bad team, they played right. hard. And I think it sets a foundation um, if nothing else. And I, but I liked what I saw from them last year as well.
1: Totally agree.
0: Well, listen, Kevin, I'll let you go watch that game. You can hopefully salvage your day. So good luck with that.
1: Stefan Diggs just caught the go ahead score.
0: Okay. Well, good luck with that one.
1: Um, John, I love whenever you want me to be, I owe you about 900 visits to your <laughs> podcast for us well, to be even.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. See you, John. Take
0: care. That's it for this episode. Rebuilds aren't fun, folks. Thanks to Kevin Sheehan for coming on, and thank you, as always, for listening. Hang in there. And thanks to Lone Oak for their continued support. I'll be back with more shows Wednesday and Thursday. I'll talk to you next time.